book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. And we'll begin there tonight, praise God. Genesis chapter 2, and we'll begin at verse number 18. Genesis 2 and 18. Wow. Um, good things. Look at, somebody, look at somebody next to you and say, you did it. I look at somebody else and say, congratulations, you did it. Say, exactly what did we do, Pastor Mark? You overcame the resistance one more time. Amen. You overcame the resistance one more time. You say, what resistance is that, Pastor Mark? It's the resistance that the enemy tries to use against us to keep us not just from one another, not just from our Heavenly Father, but from hearing His Word, receiving His Word, aligning our thoughts, our words, and our actions with His Word, and not turning loose of that Word no matter what pressure may be applied to us from the outside. Amen. So congratulations. The Word that you will hear tonight will not be stolen from you. The Word that you will hear tonight will not be stolen from you. It wasn't stolen from you by you not being here. And now you're going to receive it because the Holy Spirit's going to help us understand it and it will not be stolen from you. Amen? Amen. Genesis chapter 2 and let me put it up on the screen here. Verse number 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. The Lord spoke to me this morning. I, I usually acknowledge in the mornings a few things. I kind of go through a list. I try to do it before I get out of bed, but sometimes it's the shower. But before I got out of bed this morning, I, I just acknowledged that today was a day that the Lord has made. And man, just immediately the Holy Spirit said to me, and everything Father makes has a purpose. <laughs> This is the day that the Lord has made. And I was, I do, I've done that, gosh, I don't know how many hundred times. I don't know how many times I've done it here over the last 20 years. Talk about the day that the Lord has made. But immediately he said, and everything Father makes has a purpose. So today has a purpose. Today has a purpose. Everything that Father creates has a purpose. And you happen to be the grandest thing that he's ever created. Which means you also have the grandest purpose of anything that he ever created. Everything God creates has a purpose. There's a show, I don't listen, you know me, I'm not one to recommend books and shows, but there's a new series on the National Geographic channel. I've tried to figure out, I'm sure Barry and some of them could figure it out for us. I've tried to figure out how to get even some clips of that show here, but it's called One Strange Rock. And the premise of the show is that as far as we know, all the stars, all the solar systems, and all the planets that we've been able to identify, which are millions and millions and millions, that there's no planet like this one. That, as of course, they don't believe what we believe about God, and they can't say it with definitive certainty, so they simply say it this way. This may very well be 
the strangest planet in the entire universe. And I would concur with that. Strange in the sense that it's different. Strange in the sense that there are so many mysteries in spite of all that we have figured out and all that we understand, there are still so many mysteries. But the one thing that we know and the one thing that we keep learning over and over and over again is even the things that we thought had no purpose have a purpose. Even the things that we thought were meaningless have meaning. The dry seabeds in the deserts are actually made up of microscopic particles that once produced oxygen but have now died and the seas have dried and now the winds blow those particles across and fertilize the entire Amazon River Valley. I mean, you, you follow what I'm saying here? Everything, everything that God created has a purpose. And because you are the grandest thing that he ever created, the most elaborate thing that he ever created, you have the grandest purpose that God has ever intended. We know this instinctively that there has to be a purpose for our existence. Let me say it another way. There has to be a meaning to life. And we hear philosophers talk about this. We hear preachers talk about this. We, we, we hear folks standing around who've just had a close brush with death talk about there must be some reason I'm still here. We look back sometimes in our lives at all the times that we've played so recklessly with our existence and times and things that we've done. And, and even when others didn't survive, we survived. And, and, and we have this intuition, this instinct, this there's something inside of us that says there's got to be a reason, there's got to be a purpose. Surely I'm, I'm here for some reason that I have not yet connected with. And so we talk about then this concept of the meaning of life. Something the Lord showed me a few years back is, is very simple, but don't miss the simplicity of it. He told me that there can be no meaning without context. There can be no meaning without context. Now let me try to explain to you what I, what I mean by that statement or what I believe the Lord means by that statement. You can pull a passage out of the Bible and make the Bible say anything you want to say if you take it out of the context that you find it in. The context is what comes before that passage and what comes after that passage. And if you don't have what comes before it and what comes after it, you just pull a few words out even of a verse, then by doing that, you can make the Bible say anything that you want it to say. It's a corny joke, and I'm not trying to make you laugh. I'm just trying to show you an example of this, all right? So there was a man who was trying to hear a word from God, and so he just opened up his Bible, and he pointed to a verse. And the verse that he pointed to said, Judas went and hung himself. He was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's not what I was looking for. And so he flipped way back over in his Bible and he did it again. And the voice that he pointed to said, go thou and do likewise. All right. So are you seeing what I'm saying? You can take the Bible out of its context. You can take the Bible out of its context and make it say whatever you want it to say. The context is what provides the meaning what comes before, what comes after tells you what the verse in the middle actually means. 
Same is true with your life on a bigger scale. Until you understand the context of your existence, you will never understand the meaning of life. Not just the meaning of life in general, but the meaning of your life in particular. These answers only come once context has been given, once context has been received, once context has been understood. Jesus said in John the 8th chapter to a bunch of people who were trying to understand Him, but were also trying to embarrass Him and, and trip Him up. Jesus said to them, here's the primary difference between you and me. Jesus said, I know where I came from, I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. These truths provided the context for His existence. These truths brought meaning to His life and, and purpose to His existence. And it is crucially important that you and I have this same context for our lives. I know for me personally, I've tried to understand the meaning, the purpose for my life, and I've looked, of course, in, in a relationship with God, that's where we will find all truth, all wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Him. But for many years, I, I looked at it from a wrong perspective in the sense that I looked at it in trying to find my purpose in serving. I tried to find the meaning to my life in obedience. I tried to find the, the, the meaning for my life in, through sacrifice. And please, you listen very carefully to me. Obedience is of the utmost importance. Service is of the utmost importance. Sacrifice is of the utmost importance. I tried to find the meaning in searching because the Bible says, seek God with all your heart and you'll find Him. And the, and the Bible says that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So I, as, a, as a young man, I made it a purpose in my life to, to try to seek God in hopes that through all of this I would find the meaning of life. I would find context for my life. And I'm, I'm telling you at 51 years of age, and I do not know how many thousand hours in my 51 years I have spent in front of people preaching and teaching the Word of God. But I'm telling you tonight, I have found the context. I'm telling you tonight that I found the meaning. I'm telling you tonight that I have found the one thing that makes sense of every other thing that has anything to do with you. And that one thing is fellowship. We were created by God for fellowship with Him and for fellowship with others that He created. This is the context for our lives. Nothing else in life will make sense outside of the fellowship that we were created for to have with our Heavenly Father and to have with other men and women on this planet. We see it right here in Genesis 2. This is where it all began, my friends. This is where it all started. And so God creates Adam, and certainly He gives him an assignment. He gives him a purpose. But as I've said so many times, and I'm going to keep saying it, it's not that we don't have other purposes. It's not that we don't have other assignments from God. But those purposes, those assignments, are not just secondary to fellowship with Him. They are dependent upon fellowship with Him. Any sacrifice that I make in the name of God that doesn't involve me wanting to know Him and walk in relationship with Him in a way that pleases Him is nothing more than me trying to elevate myself in the eyes of other people. Are you understand what I'm saying? 
It, it all comes back to Him. It all comes back to knowing Him. It all comes back to being loved by Him. And it all comes back to loving Him. It all comes back to Him sharing His life with me and me sharing my life with Him. And the more I do that, the more effective I am in serving others. The more effective I am in representing Him to others. The more effective I am in letting His light in me shine to the darkness in the world around me. So these things are not just secondary. They are dependent upon... And to the extent that I fellowship with Him, to that same extent, in direct proportion, I, have, I experience effectiveness in every other area of my life. I'm a better pastor the more I fellowship with Him. I'm a better husband the more I fellowship with Him. I'm a better father the more I fellowship with Him. I'm a better friend the more I fellowship with Him. I'm a better servant the more I fellowship with Him. I'm a better barbecue cook the more I fellowship with Him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything I do in life is made better by my fellowship with Him. Because every talent, every ability, every skill, every gift, every single thing I know came from Him. Jesus wasn't just kidding when He said, I can't do anything without Him. See, the great delusion a vast majority of people living on this planet are under is that they can do everything without Him and they can't do anything without Him. The very breath that they use to make such a ridiculous statement that they don't need God or believe in God, the God they don't believe in gave them that breath and the vocal cords and the intelligence to form that sentence and speak it out of their mouths. If you're looking for what life's all about, my friend, let me just help you. It's about fellowship. It's about community. God is an eternal community. He exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they exist in absolute communion. Communion is the sharing that takes place within a community. We see when it was only Adam and God, God said, not Adam, God said, this isn't good, Adam, this isn't healthy, this isn't what you were created for. You were created to have fellowship with me, but then you were also created to have fellowship with other people who are comparable to you. Comparable. There was no other 